You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Content Academy podcast. I am Paul Caffrey. I'm joined by Philip McGrath and this is our first ever episode Phil, how's it going? How are you? Yeah, good, man. Excited to be here. 2016 Content Academy is up and running. We've had uh, loads of guests lined up, some very, very good interviews, and none more so than our very, very first. Yes, uh, we were very excited. We we were lucky enough to have Kimra Luna come onto the show. Um, she is a personal branding and online business strategist for those of you who may not be too familiar with her. Um, I suppose a quick bio, she's went from zero to a million dollars in sales in less than a year. She's got a Facebook group, The Best, uh, as as she would have you know, which has over 22,000 people actively involved. And when it comes to it, she literally is rocking it online. You know, we talk about a number of things going from how you can actually, you know, repurpose your existing content and, and get that across to fans again. And then also looking at, you know, how you can automate social media. And then there's some great tips and advice about getting started and what to do with, you know, your reach a place where you don't think you can actually help your audience, you know, and how you can go about getting guests in. But all around, brilliant, brilliant podcast. Kimra Luna is absolutely a great guest. We were delighted to have her on. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, as we said, we have Kimra Luna on the line from KimraLuna.com. I am very excited to speak to this lady. She is making serious waves in the online world. Kimra, how the hell are you? Doing freaking awesome. Loving my very sunny Manhattan day. Oh, I'm jealous. It's uh, it's late, miserable, and wet here in Dublin. There's actually a storm in Dublin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're in the complete opposite. So, but it's all good. I suppose, Kimber, just for those members of our audience who perhaps perhaps may not be familiar with yourself, you might just give them a bit of a background on what you're at at the moment and how you got started. Yeah, so I'm Kimra Luna. I primarily focus on teaching personal branding for people who are service-based online entrepreneurs and who want to sell digital products like online courses. And um, so those are my, that's my primary audience who I, who I really focus on serving. And I started in the online space actually as a blogger. I had a, a health and wellness blog. Um, I'm a vegan. I'm a mom. And I was really into, you know, working out and stuff. So I had workout videos. I mean, I had all sorts of stuff going on. Um, but I started off primarily as blogging and sharing sharing content that way and, and writing. I had a blog from, from 2013 um, into 2014. And I had written 250 blog posts in a year. Nice. And um, I loved it. It was it was really really great. Um, I actually ended up stopped blogging and I started doing my current my current business, which has very minimal blog posts. Um, and then I I created more more videos and webinars as my content instead. So I kind of have um, a lot of experience creating all different types of content. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. I think you're being very modest there because I, obviously. I know, I know a, a good bit about you at this stage, um, the, hence the reason we're so excited to get you on the show, um, but you're not quite telling the full story, um, <laughs> but uh, I think if you were to tell the full story, we'd be here all day, but let me just fill our listeners in very quickly. Am I right in saying that you managed to retire your husband from a job you moved halfway across the country in order for him to take within a very short period of him actually starting? 
Yeah, I started my business May 2014. And in six weeks of doing business, I made my first $10,000. So that was quite a bit more than my husband was making at his job. So I said, hey, like, how about you leave your job? And he was like, all right, let's do this thing. So <laughs> we jumped. <laughs> Who's well, going to say no? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I, I mean, well, sadly, a lot of husbands would say no. Um, a lot of people, um, don't tend to be super supportive of like, you know, this like blogging thing. They think it's just like a hobby. Um, I, I guess maybe because I'm a woman, a lot of times they're just like, oh, you have that cute little hobby. Um, but my husband, he, he, he believed in me and he trusted me and, and we, we went for it. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. And I, I can, I can totally relate to that, that kind of hobby thing. I think we went through that, Paul, as well, where we'd speak to people and they kind of go, yeah. oh, you've got that little hobby thing going on. You were on, on the website, you have something going. You're kind of going, yeah, it's actually a business we run. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's <laughs> yeah. just, a, it's just a website, isn't it? No. Yeah, they think, they think it's a hobby, but it isn't. They're like, you make a full-time living doing that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Cash money. Yeah. Cash yes, money. A, a lot of a lot of cash money. You know, I started in May of 2014, and within 18 months, I I just actually um, it's just been 18 months, and I've been able to make a million dollars in sales and affiliate commissions um, in that time. And you know, people are like, "That's a like, what?" Like people are always shocked when they hear that, and I'm just like, "All I did was give great value to people. Yeah. I just created great content, and people loved it." And that's and it's funny because you mention numbers like that and people go, "What's the catch? Where's the scam?" I was like, "People yeah. don't make money online. Very few people these days will make that kind of money online from a scam. It's a genuine, honest to goodness business where we are providing value to our customers for obviously a fee. But at exactly. the end of the day, if you if you're not if you're not charging a fee, then you haven't got a business. You still got a hobby." Yes, exactly. And I think that's somewhat thing where people get stuck. And actually, I ended up getting stuck in that. When I had my health and wellness blog, I, I didn't quite get it to really monetize very well. Like I made, you know, a few sales here and there of mm. a few products I promoted. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't anything, you know, you wouldn't be bragging to people about, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, you know, just little bits of money here and there. It's like I made 20 bucks. The beers are on me. Yeah, yeah, it 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 wasn't really anything significant at all. And my biggest goal was to retire my husband. I wanted him to be able to be at home with me and my kids. I had two kids at the time. Now I have three. Um, I started my business and then ended up pregnant, of course. Um, so I had to hustle my butt off um, those nine months that I was pregnant because I was like, I need to be able That's to afford. Deadline, yeah. I need to be able to have a nanny. Like I need to be able to have assistance to help me with my business. And, um, and yeah, it was a set in stone deadline. So <laughs> I hustled my butt off. Excellent. How did you make the decision to actually, you know, kind of move away from, from the health and wellness blog and, and change your focus? Um, well, it was kind of a, I mean, it was kind of like, I just felt because I wasn't making the money. I was like, you know what? I just need to start fresh. Like I just need a clean slate. I have all this knowledge in my head. I enjoy teaching and I see all these people doing these webinars and they're making a bunch of sales on the webinar. I'm just like, I could do that. You know, I, I think I think I can figure this thing out. And, you know, I started my business. Um, well, actually, well, in January of 2014, that's when I decided to to completely scratch my blog. I was like, I'm done with the blog. Like, I, I really would just want to create something new, something fresh. 
And I started writing stuff for my camera, for my cameraluna.com website. I started making some YouTube videos, started writing some content. Um, and then I, I opened up shop in May of 2014. And I started off by doing webinar presentations. And that was really my, my form of content creating, writing up these trainings for people. And it ended up becoming, I mean, people were raving fans of me right from the beginning because I was teaching them kind of technical things and how to use tools for their business that most people didn't show. Like a lot of people, they'll recommend a tool. They'll be like, oh yeah, go sign up for lead pages. But then they won't tell you how to actually use the tool. And I'm the person that shows them how. And that's kind of like what my brand started becoming built around. I kind of just listened to them when it came to my content creation, when it came to what webinars I would do next, I would literally ask, what do you guys want to learn about? Uh, And then every Saturday, I would do a webinar presentation on what they wanted to learn about. I was just giving people what they wanted. And it turns out it was a really, really, really awesome business model. Yeah, And you've you've just started answering my questions because that's the one we we like to ask our guests. um, when it comes to coming up with uh, content ideas, where do you draw your inspiration from? And I love the fact that the, your number one is, I just go straight to my audience. Well, what do you want? A lot of people seem to struggle mm-hmm. with that. Um, and, the, you know, they kind of, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to write about or what my next series should be about and stuff like that. It's like, well, go and ask your Facebook followers. Go and ask your Twitter followers or just send out an email blast and go, no, not pitching anything, not selling anything. What do you want to know? Where's the gap in your knowledge? What do you need from me? And let me provide it for you. Yeah, exactly. I think people, they're kind of afraid. I, I think partly because they're like, well, what if they're asking for something that I'm not knowledgeable about in? I say bring in a guest. Yep. You know, there's topics in the online space that I'm not super knowledgeable about. So what do I do? I have a guest do a webinar presentation to fill in that gap. And they still feel like I'm giving them the value because I invited that person to, to come and teach them. Absolutely. It, it, it's in, it's an authority by association nearly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's, exactly. It's a fantastic way to look at it. And again, people are afraid of that. They think that oh, well, I'm, I suppose it's kind of a, an inferiority complex slightly and that they're going, oh, I'm going to be found out here or they're going to think I'm a fraud or a fake that if I can't come to them and tell them what they need to know that they're going to go, well, they don't even know what I need to know. But most yeah. times people who most of the times people who are who are looking to learn don't even know themselves what they what they should know. They have an idea of the basics, but they won't know the integral parts of what it need, what you need to make something tick. And that's the idea. Yeah. And I mean, right now we have a really, really, it's a great time, I think, in the online space because we have Facebook groups. And with Facebook groups, you can go inside of groups and just listen to what people, which was basically reading, um, but listening to what people are saying and what their real needs are because people are going in those groups looking for support. They're looking for people to serve them and help them. And it doesn't matter what topic it is, what your online business is like about, you can find people in those communities and you can even reach out to them one-on-one and say, hey, like I saw you ask this question in the group. I would love to to get connected with you and just ask you a few questions. I'm not going to pitch anything. I just want to get to know you so that you can come up with ideas of content to create. Yeah, I think that's a great show. And obviously, you've got a, a really awesome Facebook group, probably one of the best out there uh, with the audience. And I suppose it's with the, the members best. You have. It's the best. <laughs> there you go. Get it right. Um, 
Well, I really like about that is though you can, I mean, you might not have your own group, but you can certainly go into groups and communities. Um, and when you add value, people add value back to you. And I think that's one of the great things is everyone within your group is, are so helpful. And you can mm-hmm. see when someone has a question or, you know, they're stuck with something. It's not one or two responses. You're probably talking 20, 30, 40, sometimes even more. And then yeah. all of the side conversations. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a fantastic piece of advice is to, you know, utilize, you know, this online opportunity that we have today. Yeah. I, and it, I mean, because I think people just forget that part about listening. You know, people always say, you know, oh, who is your ideal customer? And they have you answer all these questions. But then half the time that person is imaginary. Like they're not even a real person. You have to <laughs> go out and find a real actual human being, find out what their struggles are, like even the language they speak. You have to know those things in order to, especially if you're writing, in order to write great content for these people that's relatable to them. I get a lot of people telling me all the time, Kimra, you're so relatable. It's because they see pictures of me doing a photo shoot and I have to take a stop to nurse the baby. You know, they see me doing things that are just like in real life stuff that's really happening in my business, in my life. They see me moving across the country, doing real things, and it's relatable. And people nowadays, they want to feel like somebody understands them. They want to come to your site and be like, ah, that person gets me. That person understands me. They get where I'm coming from. They understand what I'm struggling with. And they're actually going to help me because no one's going to want to hire you or buy something from you if they don't feel that you can help them. Yeah, no, no one wants to be pitched or sold. And that's the big thing. It's, it's about helping your customers arrive at that conclusion that you are the person that they should be buying from, essentially. You know, without yeah. actually, you're not really selling. You're 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 showing them the way, and they go, well, wow, if this is what I'm getting, maybe for free, or this is the benefits I'm getting from a Facebook group, what could I possibly get that I'm going to get in a, in a paid content? And it just helps them make that leap. So I, again, I really, really love that. And I mean, in terms of obviously mm-hmm. going to your Facebook group or sending out an email blast, asking your 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 uh, your followers what they're looking to find out. Once you get those ideas back from them, how far in advance do you then tend to plan your content? Yeah, um, because my biggest form of content right now currently is webinar presentations. And when a lot of people are asking, when I see kind of like a pattern of questions come into either my Facebook group or even in other people's Facebook groups, I'm thinking like, okay, I should probably do some sort of training on this topic. And then I can promote it around Facebook, kind of drop little hints here and there. And Um, usually at least a week out. So it Mm. usually takes me about a week to really kind of figure out what my kind of plan is for the actual training and to promote the training. A lot of times I'm promoting the training. I haven't even figured out the content yet. Um, I'm kind of one of those people who starts before they're ready type of person. Well, (laughs) Well, you say that. I mean, to me, that's sensible because you know when promoting it that if you're not getting a great uptake, it's possibly not worth your while creating that content and you need to be able to shift and pivot to something that is. Exactly. And with business, everything is about pivoting, about shifting. You know, I recently had um, open doors to one of my new programs called Rocket with Webinars. And they're like one of the webinars I did really wasn't, it didn't seem to be resonating with people as much as some of my other presentations. So I decided, you know what, I'm scrapping that. Like, I'm not going to do that presentation again Mm. because people don't seem to be as connected during the presentation. They don't seem to be really just, just wanting that. And so I've been able, I've shaped my, my training into something a little bit different. And I think we just have to be flexible 
all the time when it comes to business. It, you know, just being an entrepreneur is everything has to be flexible. You know, nothing is really ever completely set in stone when it comes to an online business. Everything changes. Everything is a flow. I mean, social media changes from day to day, you know, so things are always, always shifting. And, you know, our audience is changing as well when it comes to like trends, like what is going on. Um, you know, right now, you know, things like live streaming and webinar presentations, like those are really hot topics. And so people want to learn how to actually do them. And I was able to use webinar presentations to make sales. And so it makes sense for me to share that knowledge with my audience because they're asking me about it all the freaking time. I'm getting emails every day. Like, how do I host a webinar? You know? Well, here's here's how. So I made a free little mini course on my website so they can learn how. Makes sense, right? Absolutely. Look, there's there's a lot of great stuff there. And I mean, with that, giving people what they want is is totally the goal. Giving value to them today and then in return you get value and they eventually, you know, move on to, to some of your paid content uh, is absolutely key. And I think one of the big things that we see is sometimes people spend a colossal amount of time creating a huge amount of free content. Um, and then they have paid content and they kind of find it hard to maybe work out the difference between well, what, what should be free and what should be paid. But I suppose when you're creating content, I know we were speaking a little bit about this before we started, um, how do you go about creating content you know, for your course that people will pay for? Does that add extra pressure to you? Does that change the mindset? Um, it does kind of add a little bit of extra pressure to me only because it's like I want, if they're paying for it, it's like I want this to be so actionable, stuff they can get results on really, really, really quickly. And so it does put a little bit of that on me. And and I know, I, I mean, because I get asked a lot, like, how do you decipher, like, what's free, what's paid? And if you're doing something like a blog post, you can write out a blog post and it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful crafted. It gives them everything they need, right, to, to yeah. have some sort of results in their life or their business, and you can literally repackage that and make it into a video format and sell it. Ding, 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 ding. It's the Absolutely. same content. It's just repackaged in a different way where different people are going to learn it. Because um, video, I, to me, as a former people kind of learn better. Absolutely, Some people yeah. learn better from reading. But most people, if they see kind of like the visual, they see the words going across the screen, they're really able to absorb the information. And so I feel like you can repurpose stuff you've already done. And I I do that all the time. Like I do interviews, like say I'm doing an interview right now. I'll have my copywriter listen to interviews that I've done, take out bits and pieces of the interviews. She starts writing up stuff and turn that into different blog posts or different social media content. And I have several blog posts that we're, we're in the process of writing right now where basically I just kind of brain dump everything onto an Evernote because I love Evernote app. It's my favorite app um, to just dump things that are in my brain basically. And so I start writing up all this content and I started writing up all these kind of like beginnings of blog posts and then I just pass them off to her and then she she kind of helps me weed through that information. I'm a person that has to kind of talk things through um, and I'm grateful that I have learned that early on in my business mm. because say somebody sends me a list of questions and they want to interview me for a magazine. They're like, well, this is going to be in our magazine. They send me the questions and I'm so overwhelmed. I'm basically having a panic attack over five questions. Yeah. 
and I discover that it's just my personality that I need to talk out the answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'll message my copywriter and I say, hey, can we get on Skype together? And she'll be like, sure. I get on Skype. I send her the questions. I say, ask me these questions and type out what I said. I love it. Well, and it works. Yeah. I'm it a, works it, perfectly. I think that's Rather why... than me freaking out because I, I will panic. And it, it's funny because I don't think people like – it, there's just different personalities and I discovered that my personality, it, it has to be spoken in order for it to be created into content. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit like that myself. That's why I love podcasting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I just love that being able to do it. And even when it comes to creating blog posts, I'll sit there with my iPhone and I'll just dictate into the iPhone rather than sitting and typing it all out. Now I can type very, very fast because I've been doing this a long time. When you're creating 40 odd pieces of content a week, you become pretty quick at typing, but I still prefer to sit there with my iPhone and just dictate it into the iPhone, leave it there for a day or two if I have the time. And then I'll come back and I'll edit it out. I'll, you know, or even play it via the audio mode on my iPhone and listen to it and see, does it make sense? And it's yeah. the only way for me. I, I love doing that. But just going back to something um, that I really want to get across to our listeners is the fact that you said you you pretty much always repurpose your content. And I know I love doing that. It's a big thing for me. Paul, you'll be aware of this. We've done, you know, over the course of interviews we've done that it comes up yeah. time and time again that everyone we spoke to has said the same thing. Don't be afraid to repurpose your content. If you've taken the time to create a blog post, it could have taken you two hours, three hours. It could be a week in the process you know, from, from gestation and writing and editing and the whole lot and even coming up with images for it. Well, then use it in a different platform because just because someone sees it in one place doesn't mean they're going to see it in the other. And it's certainly when it comes to the Twitter because your feed is overflowing with the amount of people you follow, not everyone is going to see every tweet you put out. So don't be afraid to keep putting it out there. And I just mm-hmm. want to highlight that again. I love it so much because people are afraid, oh, well, I did that in the blog post. I can't really create a video about it. Of course you can. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. No one's exactly. going to no one's gonna complain. Exactly. Create a video about it. Create a podcast about it. Get on Periscope and talk about it. Um, even create a full webinar training on the topic. Um, there's so many ways that you can repurpose. You know, take bits and pieces of it. Post it even on Instagram with a cool graphic. Yeah. You know, post it on your Facebook business page with a cool graphic. Um, you know, people forget that you can just keep repurposing the same stuff over and over again. And I actually have people who thank me. For, for saying stuff over and over again. They're like, thanks, Kimra. Like, I'm, I'm glad that you said this again. Like, I already heard you say this before, but I'm glad you said it again. I needed that right now. Yeah, because everyone's at a different point in the journey. You can't assume that someone who visits your site has been there from day one. So content you created six months ago, they might not never see because it's been lost in the archives. So throw mm-hmm. it out there every once in a while. You know, you're going to get new visitors coming every time. Your audience, yeah. your audience aren't going to get sick of seeing this. They're not going to go, oh, well, you already put that out already. If your content is good, then you don't have an issue. You have nothing to worry about. If you're creating the best content you can create and you're giving value, you have nothing to worry about, about bringing out old content and just throwing it out there again. I go, by the way, in case you didn't see it the first time, here it is for the 50th time. This is how important it is. Exactly. And I really love the, um, it's called Meet Edgar. And it's a social media tool, but it actually, it will, it will recycle your content. So you can like dump all your content into it, like all your blog posts. I like to put a lot of my, my interviews on it because sometimes people like to kind of hear like a different side of me. And so I'll put like my interviews on it, YouTube videos, all sorts of stuff. And I just throw it out there and it posts just 
random things in it because your old content, your newer content, it just mixes yeah. it all up and posts it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, in your Facebook group, wherever you want it to be. And um, it's amazing. So yeah. Edgar is my favorite, favorite Very, very clever. Yeah, it's a very clever one. That's a great tip as well because as you put your newer content into it, it automatically kind of reorders stuff going out. So mm-hmm. it becomes less frequent. So, I mean, that's a great show. And that kind of takes away maybe the, the manual process that people have to put in that you, you know, we're in a day and age where a lot of stuff can be automated. So mm-hmm. you don't have to be the person putting them tweets together. You don't need to be doing those Facebook updates. Take advantage of the great tools out there uh, and yeah. help, help yourself, really. Help yourself, help your audience, I guess. Exactly. I love, I love anything that I can automate. Um, you <laughs> know... Doesn't? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who doesn't? You know, and I, because I mean, I'm a busy mom. I have three kids. I don't have time to put 10 tweets out a day, you know, but if I can pop it on Edgar, boom, it's there, right? And a lot of times I just have my assistant put it on Edgar. Like, I don't even got to do that, you know? <laughs> so um, it, it's really great. And, you know, I'm a person who I like the personal touch when it comes to business. So, yeah, I, I tweet out those things. But if somebody retweets me or comments or replies, I always comment back. Like I still, I check my social media platforms every day, make sure I'm commenting back to people, make sure I'm liking the stuff they're sharing, make sure I'm thanking them for sharing my content. And I think that's a big part of it too when it comes to content creation is you really want to get people to share. And the best way to get them to share multiple times, not necessarily the same content, but just different content of yours again and and in different places is to actually thank people for sharing. If someone shares some of my content, I thank every single person who shares it, every person. And I always do that. And guess what happens? Those people end up sharing all the time. Yeah, so it's like the, the law of reciprocity, you know, they, they, they like the fact that you've taken the time to thank them and they want to repay you for even thanking them. And the whole, it's, it's just one big cycle and it keeps on running. I like that. Um, exactly. It does take up a little bit of time, obviously, if you've got a lot of social shares going on. But again, it's time well worth, well spent, well worth spending, should I say. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm a believer in, in creating raving fans, not just people that are just fans of yours, but people who are raving fans where they're always wanting to share about you, where they're telling people about you. They're saying, oh my gosh, amazing blog post. And they're mm. blasting it all over social media. Those are the people that I want in my community. So I, I treat them that way. I, I, I respect and appreciate the fact that they are taking the time to share. And I think that, you know, saying thank you literally takes two seconds. Okay. Manners, and- manners cost nothing, as my mother used to say. Exactly. Manners cost nothing. I love that. I'm gonna have to like put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of going through this uh, camera, and I'm looking at you know the we not say the usual stuff, but we generally have points we like to touch on across across our interviews, and we're covering them off here like you wouldn't believe. I suppose if we move on to your paid content, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, people are going to be curious. How do you go about creating that in terms of how you decide to lay it out? What fits best? Where? What order it's going to run in? And uh, even how it's how it's um distributed like yeah so i talked a little bit about evernote evernote is basically my best friend when it comes to content creation because like i said i am a busy mom so oftentimes i'm just cuddling with my kids but i can have my phone in my hand and evernote is an app that you can have on your phone or you can have it on desktop on your computer And if I have ideas for, you know, like the course content that I have, like I just start writing them all out Mm. and I really just map out everything on my Evernote. 
everything. Like all of my stuff for my signature program, Be True Brand You, every single speck of the content is written on Evernote, all of it. And then when, you know, I need to make, turn that into slides because most of my content is me screen recording slides. And when I need to create it, you know, into my, my keynote slides, I send the content over to one of my assistants and they make up the pretty slides for me. And then all I got to do is I got to get in, set aside the time to record the video and record the video training. And it's really kind of just this magical process that I have finally got into the flow of after about a year of doing this. And um, it's really great. It's really great to just really put things set. Like my brain just works where I just kind of have to spew things out and get get it out there. And then I kind of just reorganize it after I get all the thoughts out. We and we we do we do something very similar, um, don't we, Paul? Yeah, well, absolutely. So I mean, as as we're having this conversation, in fact, um, I I suppose I would use Evernote's rival OneNote, so the the Microsoft uh, version, which, mm-hmm. with my background being very Microsoft, makes a bit of sense. But same sort of thing. As we talk, I've got a little, uh, I've got a note open, just show notes for this, and as you you know, you're dropping value bombs and different bits and pieces. And I think I've robbed that phrase. I've heard that so often. I think it was a Chris mm-hmm. Ducker maybe who always repeats it and it's just in my head now. Another fantastic person to check out online if you, I'm sure everyone probably is well aware. Oh yeah, um, I love him. But we keep it all within, uh, well, I keep this all within uh, a OneNote as such. And it's this will, when I take this off airplane mode, syncs up to the cloud and then wherever I go, I've got access to that. And again, I, I actually, not to mention just organizing my online business with this, my life is organizing this. And I've even got one which basically has, um, you know, twenty, you know, the next 25 years planned out as such as to what's going to happen. So long-term you know, goals and milestones. And um, so fantastic tool. I think that's a great tip that if you're not already using any of these great, you know, softwares out there, you absolutely have to get on it because simply put, you don't lose them. And that, and that is just invaluable. And it's so easy to share as well. Yeah, and it's really important to, because if you have something like Evernote or OneNote and you have it on your phone, when you're just out and about, you can see personal things that are happening around you that you can turn into into content. You know, when I'm having an experience just hanging out downstairs, you know, eating dinner with one of my friends, I can turn some of the parts of that conversation into something either I'm going to post on social or something I'm going to mention inside of a webinar or mention on a Periscope training. And I think people forget that personal experiences are what people really want to hear from you, Um, especially if you are a personal brand or, you know, a service-based brand. Um, People want to hear that stuff. They want to know, like, those little bits and pieces. You know, I have so many followers who they know that I'm obsessed with Doctor Who and Harry Potter. And so, <laughs> you, should, you, you should, know, you should speak to my wife. She'd love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very, very obsessed. And so are my kids. And so people, I mean, they're sending me Doctor Who onesies for my baby to wear, you oh, know, I love it, they, love because it. my my audience, they know the things I like because I incorporate those into my stories and into my emails. And that's what people want to hear from us nowadays. They're they're tired of, you know, the stiff, you know, super corporate, you know, type business stuff. Yeah. They really want to know what's happening. And I like to, like, I'll even, like, be at dinner. I'll be like, hey, hold on just a minute. And I'll open up my phone and I'll, like, write something down. 
like that we were talking about or just some something that came up for me. And then I'll be like, okay, and I'll put my phone down and then I keep talking. Mm. And, and I mean, just sorry, camera to cut across, you know, but yeah. just, just on that, and we've had this conversation with a couple of guests. I mean, in terms of obviously you do share an awful lot with your followers and that's part of you. It's part of your brand. Um, and mm-hmm. it's part of a part of why you, I suppose people really love you because you're very, very personable. You do share a lot with them, but how do you decide where that line is, where private camera kind of cuts in and you go, you know what, that's not worth, that's not that it's not worth sharing, but that's for me and my friends and my family, not for everyone. Yeah, well, and I have a lot of stuff that are kind of like, you know, like my personal beliefs. Like I really don't like to get into like, you know, religious type of stuff. You and me um, both. Because I'm not religious at all. Like I'm just not religious. Like I don't care if you're religious. Go ahead. Do whatever you want to do. But I'm not. So I typically I typically don't share stuff about that. Mm. I don't share, you know, any political stuff. I mean, over here in the United States, things are kind of going crazy. Freaking Donald Trump's running for president. So there's all sorts of crazy yeah, but stuff. I, I kind of feel I kind of feel sorry for Donald Trump though. Um, I mean, I heard a recent interview with him. He said it's been quite difficult for him. He started out with a, just a, a modest $1 million loan from his father, and it was quite tough. And my, my heart really bled for him. I, you know, I thought, just how did he survive? That was really, really hard. What would that be worth today? Yeah, I know. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, some of the stuff I see people sharing on social media, I'm just like, I would not talk about that. But then again, there's things that, I have strong convictions about that I do talk about Mm. and I've actually been criticized for like here in the United States, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, um, gays being allowed to be married and, and things like that. And I openly tell people, I want my gay friends to be married. Like they're awesome. You know, (laughs) we've just changed. Yeah. We've just changed our laws that, uh, we, we now have uh, same sex marriage. Yeah, and here it's still not legal, and I'm, I was born in a place called Nampa, Idaho, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere here in the United States, and there, if, you, if you're gay, they fire you for, just for being gay, they, and they legally can fire you um, from a job, mm. and, you know, I'm a person who believes in standing up for people's rights and, and believes in, in that, so I'm open about some of those things, mm. but there are, of course, some things where I don't want to talk about because I know I'm going to be criticized by people, you know, even like the ways I parent and things like that. You know, I co-sleep with my baby in the bed and there's people just like, oh my gosh, you're terrible. Ah, like, why would you do that? You know? And so there's just certain things that you can't really share every bit of your yeah. life because yeah. people are going to be so judgmental of you. Um, and it really opened yourself up for things that they're, it's not really business related, you know, and my husband, he's very private. He doesn't even have social media accounts. Um, so he's not like super active with like posting and I'm, I'm trying to get him to get an Instagram. I think he would like Instagram. Um, but he, he's not super social with sharing. And so there's certain things he doesn't want me to share, you know? And so I am respectful of that as well. Um, I know there's certain people like Gary Vaynerchuk, who I follow, who he never shares a picture of his kids at all. He has two kids, never shares them. No. There's no pictures of his wife anywhere. Um, his employees, if they take a picture of his kids or wife, they're not allowed to share it anywhere. Mm. Um, there's some people who are very strict about some of those things, those personal boundaries. Um, and it's really, I mean, it's really a personal choice. You know, I yeah. have, no, I was just curious more, as to, as to yeah. kind of where you do draw the line, because sometimes it can be, it, the lines have become a little bit blurred when, especially when you share so much and, and, and indeed you do. 
Um, yeah, and, and uh, I thank I thank you for that because I love it. <laughs> but, well, you know, I've seen just... people hurt their brand by sharing too much. Um, there's kind of this trend right now where a lot of people, especially in like the business coaching world, where people they're wanting to share like a lot of the stuff like and be like really vulnerable. And sometimes they share some of that vulnerability a little too soon. Like they'll have, you know, like something sucks really bad. Like maybe they did something and they made no sales. Like maybe they did a launch and they'll be like, you know, I made no sales on my launch, blah, 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 blah. But they had any, they share it. Way to get customers. Yeah, well, and exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry, but if if I'm looking to buy something and you've told me that you've you've done a launch and nobody bought it, I'm like, well, there's obviously a reason nobody bought that. I'm sure the hell am I going to part on my cash? Yeah, and it's really interesting because they share it, which I think that's great that they're being open, but they need to kind of wait a few more months, yeah. do another launch, make some sales, and get that a, strategy in place. Yeah. And then it's a blog and, post about how they overcame a launch from no sales to 100 or 200 or 1,000 sales. Yes, exactly, exactly. And so sometimes I think people are being vulnerable too soon. Mm. Um, it's good to be vulnerable so that it's relatable to your audience, but sometimes it's just too soon. You know, I had, you know, a few things happen to me, like, you know, after my son was born, like I had, I had pulled a muscle in my, in my neck when I was actually in labor and I was in excruciating pain for two weeks, but I wasn't going on social media saying, Oh, I'm in all this pain, making people feel sorry for me. Like, why would I do that? Mm. You know? Um, and it had nothing to do with my business or brand or anything really. Um, but I did say things like, you know, I'm very grateful that I have a postpartum doula who's helping me so that I am able to go on Facebook and connect with my community with my phone, you know, and I've actually made posts about how grateful I am that I have a phone because being a busy mom, if I didn't have a phone, I wouldn't be able to run a business, you know? And so even just little things like that, it's great to share, but sometimes there's just stuff, it's just too far, you know? And sometimes I'm just like, come on, man. Like, why are you sharing this on social, social media? Like, people don't need to know that about you. It's not helping your brand. It's making your brand look bad most of the time. I've seen people, especially on Periscope. Okay, Periscope, I love Periscope. It can be huge for, beco- for sharing yourself as an expert, yeah. like, really, really quickly and get raving, raving fans. However... I've seen people where they're hopping on Periscope and they're like drunk at a party and just being stupid. And I'm just like, you are like a multimillionaire business owner. Why the hell are you doing this right now? Like, you look like a dumbass, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, listen, if, you if, know? if you're, you know, if you're 18, 19, 21, whatever, whatever it might be, and, you yeah. know, it's Periscope for your mates and you showed them the great weekend you had, you know, yeah, okay, knock yourself out. That's your into Go nuts, but not for a business. It's no. Unless your business is selling parties, you really exactly. shouldn't be doing it. Exactly. Yeah. If your business is like, yeah, I'm a partier and that's like your brand. But I see these people, professional businesses, they're like, they're like, you know, some of the best online presenters like I've ever seen. And then they're on their Periscope looking like a fool. Mm. I'm like, really? This is really bad for your brand, especially when they have a lot of followers. There's like a thousand people on live watching them watching them be drunk and stupid yeah like, especially really? then when uh, the word spreads obviously is followed to twitter and then the next morning it's still on periscope they haven't really realized a lot of the consequences uh, until they're exactly. contacted i mean i saw so, that two yeah. weeks ago to some guys and very senior people um and yeah just dressed in sports gear drunk out of their brain didn't even remember doing the periscope until people actually reached out and said hey i saw that what was that about 
And of course, it went out to all their business contacts because like so many people, you know, your your brand is your business uh, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it can be tough. I mean, if you think about, you know, even celebrities, you know, they have to be cautious about things they're sharing because or else they get in a big Twitter fight with people. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, I, it, I have my doubts over some of them. I honestly think a couple of them are fabricated just for the pure. Uh, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Sometimes they they're, they're doing it to get attention. Um, but other times they're doing it on accident. You know, they're just sharing an honest opinion and then everybody's all freaking lashing out on them. And and to yeah. me, I'm just like, you know, you have to think about what the consequence is of whatever you post. Yeah. And we're but, kind of becoming like our own PR agency, you know, where we're not, you know, able to necessarily post every single thing about our lives because some people, they're, it, I mean, it loses business, honestly. A lot of us are our own business. And um, I do plan on having businesses where I'm not necessarily the business um, so that I can there's going to be some flexibility with stuff. Um, but it, it's it, yeah, it's an interesting world we live in. Social media very has has made things very, very interesting. And now that I have kids and seeing them grow up with it and being and having them say, hey, mom, take a video of me. Oh, can you post it on Facebook? It's kind of like yeah, huh? we, we, we've had this conversation about myself and Paul. I mean, we've 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 known each other for what, 20 20 long, years? long time, long time. No need to go. <laughs> and we kind of said, you know what? If you think about if if this kind of technology was available when we were growing up, how stupid we'd look now. <laughs> and it's that's the truth because you know it's the stuff that seems like a great idea when you're when you're in your teenage years. All of a sudden, you're you're you know you're your mid twenties over in your early twenties, like and you think yeah, back, like, and you kind of go, too. God, if if people were seeing that now, and you know, and that's what's happening. People are looking back and see what you posted. I mean, kids now won't realize when they go for a job, they're going to be checking all the social profiles to see what's happening. And that's it's, exactly. But, but again, the point was, I'm so happy. <laughs> I love my technology. But I'm so happy it didn't exist when I was young and stupid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now I'm just I now I'm, I'm just old and stupid. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> that's what gets people because there's people who are you know really popular YouTubers and and things like that, and they're you know they're they're in their twenties and and sometimes when they're you know maybe they're making a YouTube video that is maybe a little bit more vulnerable or or they're showing a different side of themselves and they they can get a lot of backlash and a lot of. Um, a crazy stuff can happen, but, but luckily most people get over some of that stuff pretty quickly. I've seen, um, or they just end up deleting videos and things nah, like that. They always pop up somewhere. They we? always pop up somewhere. <laughs> it's true. There's always the screen grabs yeah. of, of things. And I mean, cause even, even on Twitter, there'll be people that'll post something and then people are all pissed and then they delete it. And it's like, somebody already screenshot that, yeah. like deleting it doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's kind of one of those, if you're going to say it in the first place, at least have the conviction to leave it there and stand behind it. Exactly. That's just, just how I look at it. Listen, Kimra, we're really getting on for time. And I think I, I could stay here talking to you for hours, but uh, we're going to wrap it up fairly shortly. Cause I'm conscious that you are a very busy woman. Um, just before we let you go, is there one piece of advice you'd like to give to our listeners when it comes to creating content that you kind of something you've learned over 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 the years that you wish you knew when you started yeah and that's you know it doesn't have to be perfect but it does have to be good um you know you can't just be throwing crap out there um and in order to be good you have to understand who your ideal customer is i think when i had my fur my 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 popular health and wellness blog it, it was popular, but I don't think I really 
understood the problems of my ideal customer. And I wish I had. Mm. Um, I think I would have been able to monetize it um, much better. But it's, it's really just create and keep creating. You get better at creating. I think, you know, some of my first blog posts were complete crap compared yeah, as, to... As were mine. <laughs> yeah, as compared to what we do now, what I, what I create now. Um, and same thing with my past YouTube videos. Like I had a YouTube channel. I ended up deleting all that content um, and and crossed my fingers that nobody had recordings of them. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, we get better. We get better over time. And if you go back and look at anybody who maybe you admire online and you go and look at their old blog posts from a few years back or go look at their old YouTube videos from a few years back, you know, you'll, you'll see the growth. Mm. And we all, we all start somewhere and just, you know, put stuff out there that can, that can help people and, and serve your audience. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's just get it out there. Um, obviously once it's, it's good, but don't worry, worry too much about the, the nuts and bolts, but you will get better with time. But if you get nothing out there, you'll never get anywhere. Exactly. I love that. Kimra, I think we have taken up far too much of your time as it is already. Um, and just for anyone who wants to get in touch with you, having listened to uh, all this wonderful information you've given them, where can they get a hold of you? Anybody can find me at KimraLuna.com. And there, of course, I have free trainings and things there for people who want to grow an online business. And the best, best, best place to find me is my Freedom Hackers Mastermind group on Facebook. You can just search Freedom Hackers Mastermind. And it is a group, over 20,000 members of online entrepreneurs, super, super supportive group. I love everybody in this community. And um, that's where I tend to hang out the most. It's the best group on Facebook. Yes, there we go. He got it right eventually. (laughs) I I, I learned something. (laughs) I claim it. (laughs) Hey, listen, if you don't claim it, somebody else will. Um, Now, listen, we'll make sure we pop all those in the show notes. Kimra, thank you very much for your time once again. And uh, maybe we might check in with you in a couple of months. I know you've got some big things happening early in 2016. We might check back in with you and see how you're getting on. Awesome. Perfect. Yes, so there you have it. A great, great interview, Paul, with Kimra Luna. A lot of really good, actionable stuff in there for uh, for people to take away. Yeah, I mean, there's so much there. I know we like to try to keep this short as possible and maybe just pick out like two or three points. But really, like looking down, I've got about seven or eight really valuable pieces of info that I think was was excellent. Um, one piece that that jumped out was the automation of social media. Um, again, something I think a lot of people overlook. So. You know, initially there's a there's a number of free platforms out there, but then I suppose if you if you become a little bit more serious, Meet Edgar was the one that Kimmer spoke about, and again, a very very powerful tool. So any automation, always up for that when it comes to online business. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I like the fact as well that she's not afraid to constantly reshare older content as well. So it's not just a case of putting it out on Facebook or Twitter or or Instagram or wherever it might be. Once it was it was going into a, a an evergreen cycle of constantly sharing that information because you people may not have seen it the first time you tweeted it or the first time you popped it up on your Facebook or sent out that beautiful image you've done on Pinterest or Instagram. So she's not afraid to put it into a loop that it constantly goes around every once in a while, whether whether it's once every quarter or so. So I really like the fact that she's doing that. I think people are afraid of that, that they don't want to oh well I've already 
already shared that. As long as you're not sharing the exact same message, I think it's a great, great idea. I mean, another one that really stuck in my mind, um, apart from the repurposing of content, was not being, but not being afraid to get guests in. I mean, Kimra spoke about the fact that she go to her audience when it comes to finding content and asking them what they want to know. Where was the gap in their knowledge? And that's a big thing because people often are kind of looking at it saying, well, what am I going to do next? What is my next blog post on? What's my next video on? What's even my next podcast on? Where she went to her audience there and then and said, where is the gap in your knowledge? What do you want to know? And she'd go, go away and put together a webinar on that. And if she didn't have the uh, the knowledge, she would get a guest in and she, again, wasn't afraid to do that. Where, as we spoke about on the show, some people are afraid of getting someone else in because they think that their audience is going to see them as somewhat of a fraud that they can't give them the information directly. But it's certainly not the case. And I love the fact she's brave enough to admit that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, you can't be an expert in everything, you know, that's just the, the long and short of it. Um, and what was what jumped out at me as well was the fact that, you know, she walked away from traditional blogging uh, and delivers her content via webinar, which is, it was a very, very brave move. Um, so again, when you're de- developing online content, it just gives you the, you know, the idea that it doesn't necessarily have to always be blogging first. It can be another medium. And in this case, it is webinars. Um, so again, something that you, you could look at and maybe your audience might actually, you know, respond to as well. Yeah, listen, there's, I have a few more jotted down, but I suppose having listened to the interview, guys, you'll have heard most of what Kimra had to say and, of course, the real nuggets of information she's given us. Don't forget to head over to KimraLuna.com and check out more of what she's doing if you want to get a better insight into it. But from us, we'll say thanks very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Content Academy podcast on iTunes, and we'll uh, chat to you soon. Mm-hmm.